I love Reformation Sunday. We have Mr. Tim, Paul, Tim Hall playing the trumpet, and the choir is singing. It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. In fact, I got so excited about the service, I just skipped over the sharing the peace. So <laughs> we'll have coffee afterwards, and there we can share the peace. We've read the first reading, we read the gospel or the a psalm reading, the Old Testament reading at the beginning. We just heard the gospel reading, but I'm going to be preaching on the epistle reading, which you have as an insert. And I did this as an insert so you guys can follow the argument that the Apostle Paul makes, because sometimes when you're reading it, you don't see how these, his argument lines up. So I just, I have you see this, this piece of paper, because then you can see how the argument actually goes for the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 11. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, and according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace towards me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. The word of the Lord. You always want me to have my manuscript in front of me because otherwise I go all over the place and, and you don't have three days. Verse 10 again. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Today is Reformation Sunday. On this day, we celebrate the work of Martin Luther, who stood up, nailed the 95 Theses on the door to oppose a church that had forgotten the gospel. They had forgotten the good news in Jesus Christ. To commemorate that day, we wear red, and, and I even have my Martin Luther bobblehead. <laughs> But we're not here to worship Martin Luther. Instead, we're here to gather, to be reminded of just how important the gospel is so that we would never forget it, so that we would know it, that we'd hold on to it, that we would treasure it. Whereas the Apostle Paul says that we'd hold fast to the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm afraid that, or I cannot help but wonder if we're living in a time when another reformation needs to happen. 
Because I'm afraid that so many congregations across all denominational lines have forgotten the gospel. Liberal churches preach sermons that, yeah, I had an amen there. She even said, yeah. <laughs> but liberal churches have preached sermons now about affirmation or about liberation, not at the gospel. Or evangelical churches preach sermons about self-improvement or morality, not the gospel. And Lutheran churches, I have no idea what they're preaching because according to a recent poll, over half the Lutherans thought that they were saved by doing good works and not by grace alone. That's terrible. I mean, that's the one thing we should get. We've forgotten the gospel. Over half a century ago, a Presbyterian minister named Donald Gray Barnhouse, any of you heard that name? It's kind of a great theological name, Donald Gray Barnhouse. You know, you want to listen to someone who has that name. But anyway, he offered a scenario of what the church would look like if Satan took over the city of Philadelphia. And this is what he speculated. He said, if Satan ran the city of Philadelphia, all the bars would be closed. Pornography would be banished. Pristine streets would be filled with tidy pedestrians who smiled at each other. There'd be no swearing. The children would say, yes, sir, and no, ma'am. And the churches would be filled every Sunday. But then he said, but in those churches, Christ would not be preached. See, if Satan can fill churches, if Satan can keep us moral, if Satan can keep us working about liberation, but not preach Christ, not preach the gospel, then Satan wins. Because he makes us moral people who are proud of ourselves and our own works and not of what Christ has done. Christ is not being preached in this world. Christ is not being preached in our churches. We've forgotten the gospel. But thankfully, the Apostle Paul writes to us today and gives us the gospel, reminds us what the gospel is. And so in your sheet, in verses 3 through 5, this right here is the gospel. It's in the clearest form that you can ever have it. The Apostle Paul writes this, verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. And here's the gospel. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. That's the gospel. That's it. Christ died. Christ was buried. Christ was raised on the third day. Christ appeared to his disciples. The gospel. In fact, in the early church, many believe this is an early creed. So that if, if a little kid in the early church said, Mom, Dad, what's the gospel? They'd say, well, real simple. Christ died for our sins. Christ was buried. Christ raised from the dead. Christ appeared to the disciples. That's it. That's the gospel. Notice what's not being mentioned. There's no mention of works. There's no mention of good deeds. There's no mention about being moral. There's no mention about feeling Jesus in our hearts. There's no mention of, of being nice, sweet, or sincere. Now, the gospel might cause us to be nice, sweet, and sincere. Well, he might cause some of us to be nice, sweet, and sincere. And only some of the time, right? But that's not the gospel. The gospel is 
Jesus, that Jesus died, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus was raised, that Jesus appeared. He's the subject. He's the point. He's the gospel. Nothing else. Jesus is the gospel. And that's the good news. Because if we were the gospel, or if what we believed was what was most important, what we did was most important, well, we would be all out of luck. We would be in trouble. We would be damned to hell if it's based on what we did. That wouldn't be good news. The good news is that Jesus did it. Jesus died. Jesus raised. Jesus appeared to his disciples. Look at the life of Paul. And Paul tells us this in this passage. Paul thought he was doing everything right in his life. Paul was born of the right family. Paul was educated by the right teachers. Paul said the right prayers. Paul was more zealous than any of us. The only problem was he didn't know Jesus. Listen to verse 8 and following. And last of all, as to one untimely born, Jesus appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Now, in this passage, that, that verse you, I put in the notes, Ectroma, the freakish one, there's a little article in front of it. When he says, to one untimely born, he's really saying that he's a birth defect. Literally, he's, he's the birth defect. He's not, he's not just the abnormal. We make the Bible sort of nice. But the actual Greek is, he's the birth defect. He's, and it's even more graphic than that, but, you know, it is Sunday morning, so I'll be nice. <laughs> but he's the birth defect. He's not supposed to be an apostle, right? Paul didn't seek after Jesus. Paul didn't, he wasn't a disciple. Paul wasn't one who wanted to follow Jesus. Paul, was the one, Paul didn't see Jesus raised from the dead. Paul instead was the one who persecuted Christians. Paul's the one who wanted to murder Christians. Paul was the one who was seeking to destroy Christians. And then Jesus appeared to him, grabbed him, and made him a possible, an apostle. Paul wasn't seeking God, but God was seeking Paul. And that's the gospel. That's what grace looks like. It looks like Paul, the defective one. Paul, who was the wrong person with the wrong motives in the wrong place. He's the very one whom God made into an apostle. That's why he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this is important for all of us, because it means for all of us that no one's too far gone to be rescued by God. Not even your neighbors. Or not even your friends who denied, or not even your children who are right now walking away. No one's too far gone for God. The gospel grabs us, reaches for us, takes us, and calls us to be his own. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Right? That's the gospel! You can't make yourself see. 
But God comes in Christ and grabs us. It's his work. All of us need the gospel. None of us can stand before a holy God and be called righteous, no matter how good you are. And you guys are very good. I know that. You're also sinners, but you're all very good, or at least most of you. I'm not looking at Ned there, just kidding. Bible tells us that none is, no one is righteous, not even one. And so none of us could stand before God and be holy, left to ourselves. But Jesus has forgiven our sins. Whereas a small catechism reminds us, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord, that he has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, that he purchased and won me from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil. The gospel. Now I know what you're thinking. You think this seems maybe too good to be true. You think that people might take advantage of this. You think that, that if you tell people that they're saved by grace, saved by faith, then they might take advantage of it. And they might become lazy. My quick response would be, well, I hope they take advantage of it. And if they might become lazy, they're not going to might become lazy. If they're lazy, they're lazy. If they're not, they're not. The gospel didn't do that. They were lazy before the gospel. Some of them are lazy after. But that's. But aren't we going to take advantage of this thing called the gospel? Well, Timothy Wangert tells a story about a man who was struck by grace. He writes, Ed and Mary Jo had four feisty kids. When they moved to town, she, a lifelong Lutheran, and her children joined the congregation immediately. Within a few months, Ed, who had grown up Roman Catholic, decided to join the congregation by taking the adult class. The class always started with justification by grace through faith. And Ed, a big man, worked for the railroad, caught on immediately. So Ed said, Pastor, so it's all a matter of God's grace? And the pastor said, well, yes. And the pastor thought he has done really well. I taught Ed great. Ed said, and there's nothing you can do to save yourselves? You've got it, Ed. Then Ed paused for a moment. He said, just don't tell my kids this. <laughs> right? That's the fear. If people have the gospel, if you set them free, the kids might take advantage of it. They might take advantage of God's grace. That might be our fear. But that's not Paul's fear. Listen to the rest of verse 10. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain. But I labored even more than all of them, yet not I but the grace of God with me. You see, Paul didn't see the gospel as an opportunity to be lazy. He found the gospel to be the motivation to work hard. God had loved Paul. God had set Paul free. And so what did Paul do the rest of his life? He served the one who rescued him. He loved the one who rescued him. He was obedient to the one who rescued him. He enjoyed his freedom. That's what Paul did. And let me illustrate it this way, maybe an another way to illustrate it. Think of a little boy with a fishing pole in one hand and his grandfather's hand in the other. And think of them walking to go fishing, hand in hand. 
Think of the joy that little boy feels to be with the person he adores. The boy loves every aspect of the day. He loves the walk. He loves the people he meets who knows grandpa. He loves baiting the hook. He even loves waiting for hours in the boat. What better way to spend one's life? Well, that's what Paul did. Paul had been rescued by God. What better way than to serve him? What better way to enjoy him? What better way to, to be with others who have been rescued by God? And to share with others the good news. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me did not prove vain. The gospel. Oh, how all of us need to hear these words. Because all of us quickly forget them. When we sin, and we do sin, and you do sin, the gospel is not that you need to clean yourselves up. The gospel is, Jesus Christ died for you. You are forgiven. Or when a loved one dies, the gospel is not, he or she was a good person. No, the gospel is, on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. And because he was raised from the dead, he conquered the grave. And because he conquered the grave, we who have been united with Christ will rise again. That's the gospel. Or when our world is falling apart and we're losing everything and we're wondering how we can go on. The gospel is not turn your scars into stars. The gospel is Jesus Christ is coming again. And Jesus Christ is coming again to make everything new. And on that day, there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more death. Because he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. The gospel is not about what we do. The gospel is what God does for us. Reformation and friends and all who have gathered here today. Listen one more time to the gospel. Paul tells us this, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that Christ was buried, and that Christ was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that Christ appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. God's grace does not prove vain. You can count on it. In Jesus' name, amen.